Hello everyone, welcome to Birdcast, the only podcast recorded inside a live aviary. Today we'll be talking about something very interesting. Someone working to engage youth with birds and bird keeping. Looking into the many aspects of birds, from the biology, the aviary and lung system, to the physics of flight. Welcome to Birdcast, Bernie. Would you please like to go ahead and introduce yourself to all the listeners out there? Uh, yes, thanks very much, Carl, for the opportunity. Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself. I've had birds since I was a boy, you know, um, probably about 60 odd years, and then uh, started with zebra finches and uh, other birds. And then um, as, the, as our kids were growing up, um, I've had uh, always had uh, small parrots and finches, and uh, I've now got 10 aviaries, uh, eight at my daughter's place, and uh, focus on scarlets and birds like pure normals, wirros, golden shoulders, gordians and other finches. Um, yeah, then I've had um, just a little bit about my career. I've had 44 years as a civil and water engineer uh, and uh, I've had experience as a training manager there and I love to do presentations and develop the next generation. And then in the last seven years, I'm now a volunteer chaplain running alpha courses in prisons, which is quite unusual. And um, I'm also the project manager for what we believe is the first school, Avery, in Western Australia at Cary Baptist College. So that's the uh, focus of today's talk, I think. Yes, it is. So what really made you sort of get into the sort of the thought of having like an Avery at a school? Well, I took my um, eldest granddaughter, Naomi, to the Finch Society meetings uh, three years ago and she was in year four. I started talking about how the um, uh, young people could get involved and Naomi jumped up and uh, said, wouldn't it be fantastic if there was an Avery at the community garden at Kerry College where she attends? Then the idea took off like a rocket. <laughs> and then I put my hand up as the project manager. And so it's all evolved from there. So that was about three years ago. Okay. So who sort of encouraged you to sort of start keeping birds? Uh, well, it was just uh, innate in my um, personality and interests, I think. Uh, I didn't really need any encouragement from anyone. I think. Uh, always been interested in small parrots and finches and breeding aspects of things so it's uh, been a developing hobby for uh, probably uh, 40 odd years and now, now I find the, um, the younger generation are becoming more and more interested so I can now help with the uh, training and equipping of the younger generation. Okay cool and um, what birds have you specifically sort of kept over your lifetime? Uh, well, I'm, I'm focusing now on, I had uh, many wiros of different colours for quite a number of years and um, breeding different colours, which was great. Uh, but I'm more recently focusing on the pure normal uh, small parrots. <coughs> I'll focus on the pure normal scarlets and we've got, a, um, we've got a, um, a small group of people in the agricultural industry who are um, yeah, keen on keeping the pure normal in uh, in agriculture because there's lots of people breeding um, mutations and the pure normals are becoming rarer. So we're re-establishing the pure normals in, in agriculture. Okay. Same with the um, Burks, we've got pure normal Burks. And then um, yeah, 
the finches, you know, different variety of finches. And sort of, do you have a favorite bird? And sort of, could you talk to us a little bit about sort of why that bird's your favorite? Uh, yeah, well, certainly the scarlet chested parrot is my favorite by a long shot. Um, it's uh, um, just reminds me of, you know, just the magnificent beauty of God's creation. And they just the magnificent colors in the um, scarlet, you know, the, the pure red chest and the complete yellow underbelly and then the turquoise head, you know, different color turquoise and blues in the heads and then the green back and um, it's just an absolutely beautiful bird and it's very, very placid and quite compatible with finches. So, um, yeah, I think that's my, that's my first love of, uh, in birds. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you think you could explain to the listeners what sort of what the um, actual school Avery project is? Uh, yeah, sure. They, um, so we decided to, to get a fairly large Avery. We wanted a breeding Avery and a display Avery. So the Avery is, is five metre by four metre all up with a, a one metre wide walkway at the front where the students can come in and uh, have a look at the birds from the front walkway. Um, and um, we have yeah, the two Averys, each of them are two and a half metres by three metres, so they're quite substantial size. And um, we've got, it's fully, fairly fully roofed, it's got a well, some opening at the top um, and it's fully mouse proofed which is, you know, um, uh, we're very very glad we did that. Um, and um, the birds, the majority of birds are Australian birds and we focus on pure normals um, and um, yeah we have lots of different varieties of finches and uh, in the display aviary we have male princess parrot and a male golden shouldered parrot and um, you know, all the different types of neophemas, you know, the scarlets, the burks, the uh, turquoises and the elegants um, and then a variety of finches. Okay, cool. And sort of where did the birds come from that are in the aviaries now? Uh, well, they were basically uh, the school provided the funds for, for actually building the aviary uh, for fundraising projects for the students. And uh, the birds were very well all donated uh, by the uh, Agriculture, Agricultural Society and Finch Society members and uh, private donors. So we haven't actually bought one bird for the aviary yet. <laughs> And sort of who looks after the birds when it's school holidays and whatnot? Uh, well, the only way this sort of project works is if, uh, yeah, myself, I'm, I'm the project manager, or now called the Avery manager for the uh, Avery. It only really works if you've got a person completely dedicated to the um, care for the birds and uh, able to care for them during holidays. So I, I just treat it. As an extension, extension of my own aviaries, I, I live very close to Kerry, and uh, it only takes a visit once a week to um, look after the birds. So I do that regularly, together with the, um, uh, the coordinating teacher, uh, David Hattie, um, who is uh, probably keen on the project, and um, 
So we work, we work out a, um, a framework together, and if I end up going away sometime, I'll arrange someone else to come in and um, uh, look after the birds while I'm away. So it's uh, all, all very well cared for and very well um, um, looked after. Cool. And you were talking a little about before that you said that the um, the, the aviaries mouse-proof. Sort of, how did you go about mouse-proofing the uh, the aviaries? Uh, yes, well, I've uh, noticed uh, if you have mice around, you tend to lose um, lots of um, uh, lots of babies, uh, baby finches and things from the nest, and the eggs are eaten and things like that. And the, the, the mice pollute the seed, <coughs> so they become an absolute nuisance. So right from the word go, we um, thought, well, we're going to build a. Um, Double wire aviary, and the in, inside inside wall is the six six millimeter by six millimeter mouse proof mesh. The the base the base of the ovary is uh, concrete uh, with some sand on the top, uh, and then um, all all the internal wire is uh, completely mouse proof. And then we have a external wire. Um, the, in the walkway, there's just a, a single single mouse-proof wire so that they get very good viewing of the birds. But uh, outside, there's a uh, normal, normal wire, you know, 25 by 12 mesh, uh, and that's basically to prevent any fox or cat attacks or predatory bird attacks and things. So there's a, a gap between the two wires, and it works extremely well. There's never been a mouse in the whole aviary in... Um, since uh, September last year. What's the long-term objectives of the uh, the school Avery project? Well, the long-term objectives, um, you know, this is a Christian college and uh, the Avery is dedicated to the glory of God's creation. So we want to show show the children the, um, uh, the theme of, uh, you know, the amazing different types and colour and form of birds and the incredible, you know, brilliant design of birds uh, so they can be more confident that um, you know, birds are created by God uh, rather than uh, evolved through um, a series of accidents from a primordial swamp. Okay. So, um, and, uh, I've, done, I've pre prepared some presentations uh, which will show the incredible, brilliant design of birds. And, uh, a few examples here if you Interested in that? Yeah, sure. If you'd like to. Well, one one thing is the uh, I don't know whether you have, um, uh, know about the egg tooth in the in birds. Have you heard about the egg tooth? I don't think I have. Yeah, the egg, egg tooth is uh, when the ba babies are in the in the egg, they develop a little um, uh, tooth on the upper upper side of their their beak, and um, when they're just about to hatch. They'll uh, use that egg tooth like a can opener, go right around the egg like a can opener, and open the um, egg with the egg tooth. And then, uh, as soon as they get out, a couple of days later, the egg tooth completely disappears, never to occur again. So that's just incredibly. Uh, it's there, right at the right time, and then it disappears at the right at the right time. And um, is it? Look at the. The miracle of flight and the, the design of feathers. Um, the feather, feathers are um, probably 
regarded as one of the most amazing designs in the entirety of nature because they've got um, microscopic hooks on each of the, the veins uh, and they're like Velcro but they slide as well. Those little microscopic hooks keep the, um, keep the feather in, in perfect symmetry and form when birds are flying otherwise there'd be far too much turbulence and the bird wouldn't uh, be able to fly. Um, and look at the, the different types of feathers in the uh, in the bird with the, the, the flight feathers and the um, down feathers and the tail feathers all, all exactly designed for amazing flight uh, potential. Um, then uh, things like the avian lung, um, bird lungs are a, a unique design. They're not like a diaphragm in a, in a mammal uh, lung, they um, basically a, a continuous flow through uh, design. So the oxygen or the air goes continuously through the lung so that you have maximum efficiency of um, oxygen transfer to the blood. And um, they have a bellows system in their body. Uh, together with the hollow bones which are used as air storage as well and then that blows out from the bellows so without, without that avian lung uh, that design birds could never ever fly because the, you know, the, the lung system would be far too heavy so there's, uh, well, there's just amazing um, aspects of um, different bird design yes it definitely does sound quite amazing yeah, and then things like a, a migration, you know, have like an arctic tern uh, is about a third of the size of a seagull and uh, that, that flies, uh, migrates from the arctic circle down to the south pole and back every year so that's about a 10,000 kilometre return journey, that's about a third of the size of a seagull. Uh, it's just an absolute brilliant design. I mean, look at the design of uh, flight with uh, the Wright brothers in 1903. They developed the uh, first aircraft and they spent a number of years putting all those designs together. It's designed specifically on the flight path of birds. So they had to uh, spend that number of years, but the birds are literally flying in the sky with a, a brilliant design without having to go through all those uh, mankind design processes. <laughs> so do you have any, any theories on sort of how my, my, migratory birds sort of find their way home and whatnot? Uh, well, there's one, um, uh, one very interesting bird, uh, it's called the Pacific Golden Plover, and uh, that, that, that also flies um, from the, um, like Alaska, from the Arctic Circle to Hawaii each year and, and back again. But the amazing thing here is that the, um, the adults fly in about August, they leave in about August, and they leave the baby fledglings in, in Alaska. And then the baby fledglings get up and fly to Hawaii from Alaska in October. So they find, they, they, they don't know where the, um, parents have gone, they uh, basically, you know, do that entirely by themselves uh, and uh, end up joining the parents in Hawaii 
and then uh, flying back uh, with their parents and end up at the same same roosting site as they started out at in, in Alaska. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, so we're going back to the questions. What, what do you personally see as the value of having an accessible aviary within sort of the uh, the school system? Uh, well, uh, uh, as I say, I love to develop the next generation, and uh, we're very interested in um, you know uh, kids getting involved in um, you know relaxing and rewarding hobby. Uh, like uh, bird breeding is a very relaxing and rewarding hobby, and um, it's also um, you know a very creative hobby, and um, uh, you know, gets gets uh, kids away from computer orientation and iPhones and iPads and all, all those sorts of things and just gets back to something um, dealing directly with nature and uh, I think that's uh, very, very valuable. They get out you know, also they can um, you know, present birds to you know, their birds in shows and things. The Finch Society has shows um, uh, that um, my grandchildren enter, enter birds and shows uh, in society. Um, so yeah, there's all, all those aspects of um, bird handling and getting getting back to nature, basically. What would you say someone who is thinking of sort of setting up a similar project, either within a school environment or an aged care facility, like if someone was wanting to do that, what, what's something that you'd probably say to them? Uh, well, I'd say um, perhaps give me a ring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do all this as a volunteer. I don't get paid for any of it. Uh, but um, um, the, the, I think the, the absolute key thing to setting up a, a, an aviary in a community area or a school area is that the actual aviculturalist who is the coordinator must be dedicated to... Um, you know, supporting it right through practically and uh, physically right through for the whole life of the project. So the, the, the aviculturalist has really got to be the linchpin of um, you know, looking after the aviary and caring for the birds and uh, giving presentations and those sorts of things. Because uh, in community areas and schools, school areas, staff do change and uh, children grow up. So uh, it will only work if you've, uh, you've got a dedicated agriculturalist or, or a couple of people who um, are prepared to put in the time and effort for it. So, sort of, what are the other integral parts of sort of the component to sort of have a, a successful project like um, with your school Avery? So certainly, one of my motivations, as I said, is to really develop the kids in a fantastic hobby. Another one of my motivations is uh, to really just give the kids a um, very good idea of uh, just the incredible design of God's creation. And that motivates me strongly. I'm a, I'm a chaplain and I um, uh, love to develop the next generation spiritually as well as uh, in, in, their, in their own interests. So um, we can show them very, very clearly the, uh, the brilliant design of uh, God's creation. Um, sort of, what do you think the time frame sort of for the for the school every project is? Uh, well, it, uh, <coughs> I'd be happy for it to run for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> it started in. Um, I mean, it's very very well built. Um, 
you know, it's all concrete floor. <coughs> very, very good. Uh, well, it's very uh, well designed. It's a steel frame. Um, yeah, it's got uh, strong wire. Um, it's got, um, you know, basically, it's yeah, it's designed for a 20-year life, really. And, um, I'm 72 now. If I'm, I'm, if I'm uh, around in, uh, at 92, well, then I'd be quite happy to continue to run it at 92. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bernie, for sort of coming on Birdcast and telling everyone about the School Every Project and giving a lot of information about birds and whatnot and enlightening a lot of people. It was very interesting to hear what you had to say. Yeah, well, thanks very much for the opportunity. Great to be able to talk about it. Okay. Well, thank you. Alright everyone, well I hope you enjoyed to listen to today's episode. Remember everyone that we have an Instagram, birdman underscore dad, and we also have a YouTube channel, birdman dad. The photos will be posted on the Instagram and Facebook pages. Alright everyone, well I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye!